You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to another episode of the Bash Mania podcast. I am so excited for this episode. We have my good friend and Olympic and world champion, Jordan Burroughs, stopping by. If you're a wrestling fan, you know Jordan needs no introduction. But if you're here and you're somehow not a big Jordan Burroughs person, know that he is arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. He's an Olympic champ, he's a multiple-time Olympian, has four more world championships on top of that, and is just one of the best to ever do it. I could argue, and many do, that he is simply the greatest of all time, the actual GOAT of the sport. You are all in for a treat with this one, so make sure you listen to the end. With that said, let's roll the intro. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And without further ado, how are you, JB? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Of course. I was. We were just talking about it before we started recording about the different amounts of avenues we could take to talk about this. Because I feel like every time we have lunch or dinner or get together in any capacity, the conversation is always so short-lived because yep. the topics are so deep. Like Even what we were just talking about, you could talk about that for a half hour. <laughs> for sure. For sure, bro. I agree. I completely agree. But I, So the two things that I think really a lot of people I think are interested in is one your mentality and two yep. I think anytime you talk about your faith it's it's so powerful. So to start with mindset, you're obviously arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. You can't uh-huh. argue that you're that. one of the biggest of all time. You have the the number one online presence of any wrestler. Like there there's nobody who can really hold a candlestick. Cuz if you talk about John Smith or Cal Sanderson, like they they have like individual stats like okay, Cal's yep. undefeated. John Smith won like X was it six times six world time like, yeah six times. There's these stats, but if you think about what you're doing with it, I think it's also unique. Like I don't think Cal or John had kids when they got their accomplishments. Yeah, they also didn't run a, a social presence like you have. So as you continue to climb, tell me what your mindset is like to to not only get to that level of success, but then to continue it. Like we've talked about it before, being the top dog. Is the hardest. Like you, I don't think there's a more scouted wrestler in the world than you. For sure, for sure. I would say I really want to elevate the sport. is really important to me. I think about my position and my role, and I watch the most prominent figures in every respective sport. Those guys always have a transcendent, not only talent but business savvy, work yep. ethic, and their ability to connect and generate revenue outside of what they do on the court or on the field is transcendent. And so that's what I'm, I'm trying to reach that, uh, 
approach to of my career where when I step away from this sport, I'm not the guy that has his highest earning potential as just an athlete. Um, I, I really just try to uh, make sure that the things that I'm doing is really going to set the standard for everyone that's going to follow suit after me, particularly yeah. in wrestling, because a lot of guys aren't really considered or not really considered. But I, I don't think a lot of guys think about social. They don't think about branding. Correct. They don't think about these things that are necessary. Right. Because I always think there's a, a fine balance between being a great athlete, but also being recognizable there are there are people right. who are amazing at what they do who no one knows there are people who are awful at what they do who everyone knows right and so i, I think trying to strike that balance because there's money to be made on both sides and there's history yeah. to be made on both sides and i think that when you can make money and history that's uh that's pretty important and do you feel like it has to be you know there's different people in the sport in any sport really too but some i can think about that are wrestling specific that urge people to stay off of social because it's a distraction right like that's yeah, like the biggest argument like don't get distracted you know and, and everybody looks at people like you or david and, and everybody looks at they want a golden standard and i don't think there is one no i no. think jay-z said it best a few years ago when he released one of one of his albums he's like the internet's the wild wild west and it yeah. is like you can't just look at what somebody does and say oh Okay, Jordan went dark on social for two weeks. That's what I'm going to do. Or David tweeted, you know, up until before it. Like, I think not only right, do you right. continue to refine it, but it's like you got to kind of do what works for you. But that's the biggest argument. Is for like, sure. do you do you feel now, especially as there's more, there's more of a spotlight on you? Do you worry that it's a distraction trying to? No, I think like personally, I've recognized that you can dwell within it and still be successful like it really is determined by your ability to stay focused regardless there's stuff that happens in life that is just going to naturally deter you from being focused but i think that just like anything else right the ability to stay focused and committed to your craft right. that's that that goes amongst all facets of life from you know social life to you know being in the wrestling room to maintaining healthy relationships to uh you know, just balancing time management and then also social media. Like I learned to ignore negativity. I've learned to thrive within positivity. And then I've also just learned that my identity lies within what I think of myself. So everything that I do on social is my own willingness to dwell within what I enjoy doing. And it right. really doesn't distract me at all. I've had times where I've stayed off of social media for two weeks and won a tournament. I've had times where I've stayed off of social for two weeks and lost a tournament. And I think I was, and I, I mean, from my perspective, my mindset was still as sharp from yeah. both from both of those times. I mean, listen, if you allow it to be a distraction, it'll be a distraction. Um, and I don't think it's, within the last two weeks of an event that it becomes a distraction. I think you just have to be aware of who you are, what you stand for, what's distracting to you, um, and then you just you move forward that way. And it, it seems to, like, it, it at your level, I'm assuming, I don't want to say you have the confidence that you know you're the absolute best, but how much mentality do you, or how much mental focus are you putting on getting better? Like, I know you... I know you personally, so I know how hard you always try to get better and better. Yeah. But do you feel like you're shifting with more energy and focus towards, listen, I only have X amount of time left, 
So I, I, I'm focusing more right now. I'm sure you're focusing more on the business side right now in 2019 than you did in 2013. You've always sure. been business savvy, but does do you feel that changing? Yeah, I think so. I think so because you want to strike while the iron's hot and you yep. want to hit, hit the ground running. I don't want to leave the sport and be like, okay, I'm done. What do I do now? I've got no other avenues. I've never networked. I didn't meet any people. I didn't engage in any relationships that were meaningful and sustainable. So now I'm just this guy that has no more payroll from wrestling and I've got to try to figure out how to feed my and family. And he's got an ice living. cream truck going from right. Buffalo to California. <laughs> Freaking selling <laughs> bomb pops for a dollar a piece. So no, the, I, uh, it's interesting, bro. It's interesting. That's good. So then are you still, I don't, I don't know if you can even put it in like percentages, but are you still mentally trying to get better and better or are, are you on a natural ascension to getting better and better? No, no, I have to mentally really dial in to get better because the improvements now are so small and minute and the increments are so there. There's so much larger periods of time between those improvements that you actually see. I think that there have been times where I thought I had something down and then I go out in competition and try to execute it. It doesn't work. And I'm like, what the heck? Just worked on this thing for hours and it still doesn't work. I'm not getting any better than I was at a particular time. I think as you get older and people start to shift their perspective on who you are and what you're athletically capable of, you start to try to be who you once were. Like, oh, when you were younger, you were hungrier. You were you know, physically more dominant or you had wider margins of victory. I think for me, it's okay, I'll never be this guy again. But I also think I've improved in particular ways that I didn't really own at that moment in my career. So I feel like I'm a better wrestler, a better athlete, stronger mentally, um, and more physically gifted. I think that your perspective shifts a little bit. But I think at this point, now I realize that the time periods where I didn't try to make improvements and I just tried to go through like a maintenance phase is yeah. when I got beat. And I think that I have to consistently just f pick little fine details to get better at, whether it's, you know, knowing where to, um, you know, place my hands on the lock, body language, hustling back to the center, um, cleaning up my diet a little bit uh, a week previous to the or prior to the event. Just like little stuff like that is is really been helping me improve. And it's also helping me stay dialed in. I think before your body goes, it's really your mind. Right. Your mind goes a lot sooner than your body goes. Staying motivated and staying focused is a lot harder than actually going through the actions. I could I could still take a heavy workload, but mentally it's tough to to do, do those things now. And I'm sure. I mean, this is what the ninth world team in a row you've been on. So the ninth straight world championships. I'm sure over these years, there's different things you continue to focus on. I'm yeah. sure right now you're not working in hard in one area because you know something else um, is going to be what your key to victory is in 2019 versus where it was in 2013. And I'm yeah. sure, like you said, like keeping the mind sharp and keeping your body, I'm sure you have to do different things with your body that make it so that you're, like you said, you are improving. You're not in a maintenance plan, and you yep. can't do what you did before, which I imagine how hard is that to try to see – does it come naturally to see where you need to focus on to get better? Or do you have to like, I don't know. Well, I, I, I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, you get you become more self-accountable as you get older. You realize that 
I can't just leave my improvement and development to other people. And when I was young, it was, and this, you know, I, I think this is just part of the journey, right? You're bought into the philosophy of your coaching staff and you're really trustworthy and you're surrounded by a great team of people. And so basically I just come to practice. I had no idea what was going to go on. I go through the workout, go home. Right? But I think now as I've gotten older, it becomes more of a partnership where there are physically things that I may struggle with within the contents of a match that I go back, I watch the video. I'm like, okay, now I come in, I've got certain movements that I need to approach on my own and things that I want to learn. So I start to seek help from other people. Like, hey, I was having trouble getting to this guy's legs, right? Or every time I shoot my double leg, he'd head block me and circle left. Like, how do now I combat these things? And so really just uh, becoming more accountable, starting to understand the positions that you have trouble in. And I think the better your skills, I had to actually had this conversation with Travel Delagnum a couple days ago. And he said, the first thing to go in your wrestling career is motivation, right? So your mindset, that's the first thing that starts to waver a little bit. Second is your durability, body starts to break down. And then third and lastly are your skills. And so that's why if you look around the world, you'll see, you'll see a lot of the, the wrestlers that wrestle for a long time are the guys that are the most skilled, right? Because it's like, okay, yeah, well, this guy might not be super motivated and his body might be banged up a little bit, but he's so heavily skilled and He's so much better than his opponents that he can do it for a lot longer. Um, right. And so I think that for me, trying to improve my skills to a point where even when I'm not motivated, I have the ability to still get through the match. And I think for me, I've, I, there's never been a time where I've competed and I wasn't motivated. Um, I think that the mundane day-to-day training sometimes can be a little bit tedious, but when it's go time, I'm almost I'm, I'm always ready. <laughs> That's an interesting point, too, from a standpoint of the difference. And, and this is probably an overdue thought, really. But when you did transition from youth and middle school and high school and even collegiate wrestling to the freestyle scene, how different is that from what you're expecting from your coaches? Because I never really thought of it until you just said that. Like, Talk about like middle school to high school, right? You just show up. Yeah. You have no clue what's going on. You get None. your butt whooped for two and a half, <laughs> three hours, and you go home. Yeah. And you yeah. feel good. Like, you know you got better. But once you get to a certain level, like, that's not the case no more. Was that yeah. hard once you started transitioning to? I mean, obviously, staying in Nebraska and never leaving there, you know, helps. Yeah. But was it a huge transition to go from that? Yeah, I think so. I think that I try to approach it from a gracious perspective where the coaches don't think that I've lost trust in their ability to help me reach my best. But also I'm in really, I'm, I'm in uncharted territory. Like the place that I'm at and the way that I'm competing and the level at which I'm competing for such a long period of time, there are not a lot of people who have been here. And so it's hard to kind of be able to be open to advice from everyone. My circle is relatively small in terms of the people that, allow to influence me mentally but I think that it, it's a fun transition because now you get to a place where you can force yourself to be uncomfortable right you look in the mirror and start to figure out ways that how can I get better here I have to be honest with myself if I really want to develop and I've always been able to be transparent with myself and create an honest assessment of where I'm at, where I want to be. And I think that the sooner you can do that, 
the the better it is and it really the easier it is on the coaching staff that you have because i know manning and snyder those guys as much as they love to help me pursue my goals those guys ultimate goal is to be big 10 champions and ncaa champions right if i can take a little bit of the workload off of those guys and formulate the work that i need on my own bring it to them and then they can just put me through it it's a win-win for everybody and i imagine too that's a nice segue into, into the way or the 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 impact faith has on you. When you talk about accountability and awareness, I imagine that your faith has to play a large part in that. For sure. You have to know when to surrender something to God and just say, I can't do this. And you have to, you know, it's funny that I saw the tweet you retweeted yesterday about giving glory to God, like even during and after practice. And Bo had said that the last episode of this podcast, when I talk about like when he feels God's presence and he said, mm-hmm. one of the biggest times is through practice, like you're practicing yeah. and, and you, you know, you're where you're supposed to be. You're doing things, you know, that take an extra level of without God on your side, it's hard to do. Has that increased your faith? Cause I know that a lot of times when you have a lot of what you want, it's harder to seek God. The yeah. more, the more broken you are or the more you want or the more you need something, you tend to seek God more. Yeah. So I imagine it's got to be a tough balance now that you, you're you obviously still so hungry for more world and more Olympic gold. But at the same time, you've gotten to that place where it, it's easy to fall into a trap if you wanted to of, I don't need you, God, as much as I did before. Whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I got you. No, it's uh, that's good, man. That's a great question. I think that you get an opportunity to do it daily so it makes it more rewarding the victories are so short-lived i compete let's say five times a year so five times a year uh and and then within the the constructs of a tournament you don't really celebrate after each victory you really only celebrate at the tournament's end so you could wrestle four or five matches in a day but you're only excited really about winning in the finals right. when you finally step on the podium get your hand raised and you get the metal placed around your neck the flag raises but that is a 10 minute ceremony and then you walk off and life begins again um and so i think that i don't really live for the victories anymore like i did when i was a young man i live to refine myself through the process and i think that that's really helped to extend my career because there was a point in time where every moment in between a big tournament just felt like a limbo period for me it was right. like, okay, I'm just waiting to get to this next tournament so I can be glorified and I can win again and everyone can say I'm really great and I can get more followers and make more money and get another medal to add to my medal count so I can get closer to John. But I think now I start to really cherish the little things within each opportunity that I get, meeting new friends, um, having new teammates, going ac- around the world to experience different cultures, just spending time with people that I care about and that I trust, being able to continuously push myself beyond my physical and mental limits, really elevating myself in every way. I think that standard of excellence that I've set for myself really can be attributed to my faith because when you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in great things. And it is going to take a ton of work. But I also think that I don't want to be broken by my opponent, so I continuously break myself throughout my training daily. And so I really need faith just to get through my training because there are no guarantees in this sport. We don't have max contracts and guaranteed deals like they do in other sports. All we have is 
faith and a thought that, man, if I could train as hard as I possibly can, recover, and then go out there and put it on the line, maybe I could get my hand raised and be considered great at this sport. And uh, I think the more you do that, the more you become accustomed to what it takes to be the best. And once you achieve that success, it's like, man, this is like, look what I look what I've done. Not necessarily like on the podium, but look what I've done to arrive at this point. Wrestling is such like a working class sport. Yeah. Most of our our parents and our families have have all had to scrap hard to survive, and here we are controlling our own destiny by putting in hard work. Very few people work extremely hard and get to see the fruits of their labor immediately during game day. And I think that's what we have to do and, and get to do. So that's a that's a tremendous blessing. And I imagine too, you know, to keep going back to like. 2011, 2012, 2013, your life has changed. Even if you look at from, let's say, 11 to 19, you're married now. You have yep. two kids. You yep. are a lot more focused on business. That also gives you, I'd imagine, more accountability. I know with getting married here soon, like I have more accountability not only to Rebecca, but to God, to provide, to be yeah. a leader, to be an example. You know, watching that what you do people around you want to emulate good or bad mm-hmm. and you know it kind of transitioned from you winning for yourself to now Lawrence in your corner to now like dude no joke i had tears in my eyes at final x when you walk out give beacon an or like a kiss in the forehead like yeah. it, it kind of puts things into perspective it's really crazy yeah the context is so different like there's so much much pressure that i would imagine you want to give more to God because you're like, I know that I, I can mess things up easily. We're, we're human. Like it's not hard For to sure. do even just in the little things. Like you said, like in messing up the little things, I think with, with family and, and kids, that seems like it could lead to a slippery slope than, than bigger things. So have yeah. you seen that? Like your, your, I don't want to say your cries to God, but, but where you need help in your faith because you have different priorities now. For sure, for sure. I have to really try to surround myself with people that inspire me. I think that I'm in a place now where, and I, I, I try to, let me say this uh, gracefully, I want to be around people that are going to elevate me. Yeah. And I'm going to pour into the people around me because just naturally it's the position I'm in. I've been right. given a leadership role in the wrestling community. I've been given the ability to inspire a lot of people. But also, when you're doing so much pouring into others, you need someone to pour into you um, if you want to continuously improve. And uh, so for me, yes, that's uh, that's been very important for me. And really, so many people, so many people's lives are tied into my dream and tied into what I do. And so I think about, like you said, seeing Beacon and Aura Matt side. I know that in those moments of fatigue and those really tough situations where I'm tired and I'm, I don't know if I can pull out this victory. There's 20 seconds left, right? I'm down by a point. I got to go get a takedown. I know that I could do one of two things. I could put my head down and allow for this guy to leave the victor or I could dig deep and see if I'm really capable of doing something amazing in that particular moment. But I also know that whatever the results of that match are, not only do I have to live with it, but my family has to live with the results as well. And so when I win 
everyone wins. And they are directly influenced by my ability to get the job done regularly. And I am the embodiment of what it takes to work hard, to sacrifice, to commit, and then to go out and execute. And I, I always want to be that representative or representation for my family and for my kids especially. And that's really special. And I think that Yes, I uh, I've been I've been tremendously blessed, man. And we've got a great situation that we're in right now. The leadership, the competitors in USA wrestling, and just really across the country, we're starting to make a transition where there's a shift that the best guys now are good kids, right? They're either committed to their faith or they live a lifestyle of integrity and character, but they're not the chumps anymore, right? The chumps they. They win occasionally, but it's really not sustainable. The best guys right. in our country are, are the good guys now, and uh, and that's pretty special. And so, yeah, I'm always I, I take pleasure in kind of leading that charge, and then being around guys that are really strong in their faith, and they're showing people how it's done. And do you notice too that, you know, wasn't even really thinking that. It's a good point too that you know I'm thinking more of Lauren and Aura or and Beacon watching you, but too you have the entire sport that does kind of put you at the forefront of their not only dreams but as a fan like you've you've grown yourself to a brand that there are so many people who are so Penn State heavy or Rutgers heavy or Iowa heavy or are are so like you know when all of a sudden there's a change somewhere and people don't want to support Pat Downey because Dave Taylor is no longer the world team member people have really segmented their audience and you've done a really good job of unifying your audience because there's nobody in this country who thinks you know well i don't really care for nebraska because they beat so and so and they're big 10 rivals and you've unified to where everybody's a jordan burroughs fan so the things you do like nobody's not cheering for you and that has to put pressure too and kind of in my opinion keep you grounded in your faith because you you know what's on the line and i think the more you know what's on the line too like you're kind of forced to say, yeah, you got to be ready, bro. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be ready. You got to be ready because it is, I mean, there's pressure. There's always going to be pressure, always expectations. I try not to look at it as a negative thing, though. Most people, when they're under pressure and under deadlines, I think it's a beautiful thing because that's when the results happen. Like I give my best work when there's something on the line. That's when yeah, I'm really dialed in and I'm like, yo, I got to get this done. This is people are expecting this from me as opposed to, you know, any I pressure is privilege, bro. Like truly, like I wouldn't want anything less of me because when people don't expect anything of you, that means you've never done anything. Um, right. And so the position that we're in, it's it's a it's a really cool position to be in. And I I take it as a as a responsibility. Like, yo, listen, when you step into any arena, anything you tweet. Everywhere you go, the way you interact with people, the way you operate and maneuver through life, people are watching you closely because they want to see how you do it. And then ultimately, they want to replicate it in their own lives. And so that's pretty special. That's pretty special. I I always dreamed about being that guy that people looked up to. Um, And I I became that guy. And then once I became that guy, I'm not going to turn back like, ah, this is too much. I just want to go back into obscurity again. I'm like, no, look how many people are being inspired by who you are now and what you're doing. It's cool. 
And I was, that's exactly what I was just going to ask based on that is like, is it natural for you or is there, is there a part of you that thinks I can't wait until my career is over from a standpoint of then I can breathe because people won't be looking at me? No, it's definitely not natural. That's for sure. I, I was an introvert. I still am an introvert. I'm like an extroverted introvert. Um, I wasn't like this until I became this person that was just really thrust into this position as ambassador of USA Wrestling. I never dreamed of being this guy. I just wanted to win a whole bunch. And then when I won a whole bunch, they were like, okay, here you go. Here's the keys to the program. You do your thing. Now you're on every magazine cover. You get your own wrestling shoe. You're doing interviews. You're signing autographs. You're giving speeches to thousands of people across the world. You are the guy. Here you go. Here's the keys. And that was a transition for me because at the time I wasn't ready for that. And I didn't expect it at all. It just came extremely quickly. But through the last nine years, I've slowly and meticulously groomed myself to be this diplomatic individual that is can really unify the sport and help to elevate it to a different platform. And I, I really like that. And does that just happen now? Like You don't have to try to do that. I'd imagine it's, at this point, it's just who you are. You've assumed that role. And it's not like you're you're trying to, or maybe you are, I don't know, but like you're not trying to tweet something or not tweet something. I'd imagine now you, you've taken on this role for so long that it's just, you're you. Yeah, for sure. You, at first it's like, uh, there's, there's balance because at first you're not ready. So a lot of what you do is like, it's like censorship. Right. So I can't, I can't do this or I can't tweet this or right, now nah, I'm not going to write that. And then at some point, you make the transition to where you're, you you're, you purify your heart essentially yep. to where the things that you are stating, this is really you. Like this is not a facade or this persona that I'm trying to put out into the universe that I don't really live. Right. Like, this is truly who I am. If you know me in person and you know me on social media, they're the same people. Um, right. So they, I mean, they intersect and that's just who I am. But I mean, I think it, it's, Every person has a particular being that they want to, like for me, I enjoy still being with my family. I still enjoy the peacefulness and the serenity of being kind of discreet and incognito. I can imagine being like a, a real celebrity. Yeah, like, it's wild. Le- yeah, man. Like, imagine being LeBron. You can't, can't even go to the grocery <laughs> store. You can't go to the mall. You can't walk to the airport. Like, I get stopped maybe once or twice a day. He can't go. Literally, he can't go into public. That would be nuts, bro. I I don't desire yeah, that. Yeah, I I can't fathom that. I mean, and we've talked about it too in the past. Like, I can't remember. Remember. I can't remember what tournament it was. You had just gotten home when we were eating dinner, and you were saying how crazy it is that, like, I think it was the last time you were in Iran, and you yeah. were being bombarded, mobbed, like, ushered bro. through airports. You were being mobbed, and you came home, and you're just walking <laughs> like you're yeah, right. a, like a college kid. Yeah. You know, like... At the, at the airport in Tehran, we were the Beatles, and at the airport back here domestically, we were... You know, ants. We were peasants, bro. We were like relatively unknown. Like no one knows who we are here, and and that's fine. Like honestly, that's that's absolutely fine. But uh, it's 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 special in 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 each way, man. Because if you walk into a basketball 
arena, no one know who you are. But if you walk into the NCAA championships, everyone knows who you are. And so it's pretty special just to have like this tight niche group of where wherever I am and I decide to be, I understand the sort of recognition that is going to accompany me, accompany me into these particular places. So, yeah, it's nice to have both like to be recognized and to be rewarded for your hard work, but also to still be able to live a life of relatively normalcy. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you kind of step into the spotlight in those, you know, it, within the wrestling world, you're arguably the biggest persona there is. And like you said, when you walk out of the arena, if you're not in a wrestling town, yeah. it's just like, okay, there's not there too many sports or I don't think many communities that are like that. Right. You know, like where the absolute sure. pinnacle of one area walks outside of what they're doing. And no one and knows like, who they are. Okay. But that's also got to be be humbling to, to constantly see that and not like build an ego. Like I couldn't imagine if you were treated the way you were in the Tehran airport, if that was how 24-7, I can't imagine how hard it would be not to just grow an ego. Like how yeah, would you not? Sure. Like, you, don't have, you don't have time to like be humbled. For sure, bro. That that would be wild. It's funny because like we'll be particular places and someone will see me and they're like, "Oh my goodness!" Like JB, like I love you. Can we grab a picture? And there'll be people around. Like, why? Who are you? Like, why do people <laughs> want a picture with you? I don't right. know who you are, but you must be someone. So I'm gonna take a picture too. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 good, man. I have plenty of people in my life that keep me humble and keep me honest. But yeah, bro. It, it, I think that. That's the scary thing about stardom and being famous is is that it comes at a price spiritually. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in a good place though. So. so one more thing and then I'll let you go. What aside from winning gold, right? You want to win gold next month, you want to win gold next year, but aside yep. from that, what are you really looking forward to? Uh from wrestling or from just just like, in general. Could be um, wrestling or just life. That's third, a good question. Third baby, maybe. <laughs> That's a good question. I want to. I want to. I want to transcend wrestling, like I, I honestly do, and I don't say it that I'm too good for this sport. I, I'm no, I know it's sport. You, yeah, but we've been the best wrestlers. They they it, it ends with wrestling, yeah. Right. If you look at the most successful wrestlers from a competitive standpoint all of those guys just go on to become college coaches while it's yep. it's an honorable profession it's a great way to take care of your family but very few of them go on to transition outside of the sport yeah and like if you look at what the best athletes in the world are doing right like guys like magic johnson and lebron james and roger federer tiger woods like these guys are their business acumen is on point and they're going on to really become greater than their sports and really help to elevate their sport into a place where it, just the next generation can go out and they figure that this is there's there's more avenues than just coaching. I want to show yeah. people there's more avenues than just going into collegiate coaching. And I appreciate that profession as well. And I did it for a year and I know how much of an impact that coaches have throughout yeah. our country and how amazing of a job that they do but for me i want to be one of those guys that i go on after my wrestling career finishes up and i am as successful in business afterward as i was as an athlete 
Yep. Like I don't want to. I don't want these years to be my most successful. I don't want these years to be my most recognizable. I don't want them to have my highest earning potential. I hope that I can really improve on everything that I've done moving forward. And I don't just want to watch other people be really good at what they do. Like I still want to go out and pursue my yeah. goals. I'm not ready to just hang my hat on the fact that I had a great career. Um, so yeah, I mean that's really I really I really desire for this sport is that. We have so many characters. I want to be the liaison for the next generation. Like I want to teach these guys, right, social media etiquette and how to brand themselves, how to uh, be financially savvy in regards to interacting with potential sponsors, how to really transcend the sport, how to market themselves, Um, just like all these things, how to speak, how to interact with sponsors, how to navigate a room full of businessmen like i want to be that guy that the next generation coming up like hey listen i'm going to be your liaison i'm going to be your your plug for anything that you want to do if you want to elevate yourself and you want to go to the next level like come see me i'm that guy um and so like that's that's some something i'm interested in yeah that's interesting too because it's always even like growing this podcast that I started like it's it's a challenge to me it's a goal it's something new like I've had the marketing agency for eleven years and it you know there there's there's fun in it, but it's become routine it's just become right. it's the same thing over and over new clients new whatever but it, it it's fun to have new goals and new challenges and it's fun it breathes a breath of fresh air in, into you and i think that's that's what it sounds like it, it's doing for you is being able to not like you said like being a, being a college coach is you know there's only so many of them there's only so many top coaches like you can name them on one hand like the absolute best but being able to look forward to that and i think you're in a unique spot where you built up your brand at a crucial pinnacle when social was becoming hot and trendy for athletes Mm -hmm. and now that you've mastered that when very few have you're in the perfect situation like if you look at these kids now that you know it's funny watching some of these kids like just start college now and and they're so focused on instagram like they're following people they're not following just just to get some followers yo nick siriano has a hundred thousand followers yeah fix is a freshman in college he has over fifty thousand followers like well, I didn't even have IG until after college, and yeah. these guys already have a ton, a huge following, and they're still young. Like these guys are premature celebrities already, and and they want they want it. They like yeah. they desire they desire to be big. And like and I have, know Yanni's got like eighty thousand. Gable Stevenson's got seventy five, eighty thousand. Like these are not even like. Not only are they huge accounts, but they're also really good wrestlers that can set yeah, themselves yeah. up by potentially going out and winning an Olympic gold medal while in college, right. and then having that hitting that free market scene, kind of like Snyder did. You know that where there was such demand. That's what I'm that's, saying, bro. Like I and I think that we are we kind of have such an old school mindset that I don't even know if people understand what's potentially out there for us until we just start like going crazy and like trying to bring new businesses and new companies and corporations into our sport and showing them why we are worth spending money on and being aligned with. I think, I think we can really buck the status quo and get to a new place in our sport, but it's going to take work and it's going to take kind of like a unified front uh, of people just like, 
being rebellious and trying to and I revolution. think it takes someone like you it takes someone who's on the front line like you still have more of what you want to do to accomplish that before you can fully do what you want to do it's not like you're you're content with where you've what you've accomplished on the business side you're still paving the way like the blade's still on the ground and you're paving and I think you got a school of people watching behind you like walking like what is Jordan doing now what is Jordan sure. doing now and you're going to be the first wrestler that I, that finishes their career and sets himself up for that success and nobody's had yet nobody mm -hmm. has had the success you've had from an online presence standpoint and then transitioned out of it if you yeah. look at guys like kale john smith those guys didn't have social media when they no. finished their career like this is new and it's it's exciting to know that that's what's coming like something different something new something that you have to continue to work for on a different front yeah, it's gonna be great, bro. I think uh, we're on the brink. We're on the brink of doing it, and I'm trying to balance my ability to still go after and get what I want over these next year and a half, but also really preparing myself for when I make that transition out that I'm ready to to go and really lead this charge. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, listen, I know how busy you are. Thank you for making time to come on and, and sit down and chat for a little bit. I know. Yep. I think Lauren said you even had to sneak in when the kids were napping. <laughs> yeah, kids are down right now, so we're we're good <laughs> and, to go. And that's valuable time. So, all right, man. Thanks. We'll um, appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Thanks for having me, my man. Take it easy. Come on, guys. Is he not the best? Let me know what you think about this episode of the podcast. What we talked about, his goat status, the new intro, all of it. I want to hear from you. Send me a message and let me know what you think. That is today's episode, though, so be sure to like and subscribe. There are a ton more of good guests lined up, and I'm going to keep these episodes coming as long as you all keep listening. Bye.